I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Let's go. We on a road. The next stop, the Super Bowl. Hell yeah. You know we on. We built to do this all night long. Who that? Who that say they gon' beat them Saints? They a lie. They can try, but in the don't we know they ain't. Let's go. We on a road. The next stop, the Super Bowl. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Who that? And welcome back to Chaos Street Chronicles podcast. I'm your host as always, Brendan Ertle. I'm here today with my co-hosts, Nate and Chris. What's up, guys? How you guys doing? Um, man, you know, doing doing the best that we can, man. It's been a it's been a very somber week, uh, but you know, slowly but surely, some optimism is starting to creep in, and um, you know, you know, we hope. I, I guess you know, we all hope that. Uh, everybody that's been affected by an, another uh, catastrophic hurricane is, you know, slowly finding a way to get back to, um, you know, some place of normal. And I mean, you know, my thoughts, ideas, brains has pretty much been in that area with my family and other families throughout the week. So, um, you know, I, I know we're going to talk a little bit of, you know, well, a lot of Saints football, but you know, I mean, regards to how how I'm doing, I mean, my like I said, my my thoughts, vibes, everything that I have in me is pretty much with those people in the areas in which I'm from and um, beyond. Yeah, like I, I just it's hard almost to put into words like, Chris, I think you hit the nail on the head. Like it, it's just one of those times in your life where it makes you really stop and think like me personally, it was, this was kind of weird for me, too, because I like I just moved down into Texas and we're, you know, in Austin, we don't have anywhere near, you know, what even Houston, you know, all those cities on the actual coast have in terms of like hurricane damage history. But, you know, when that thing, when it was first projected, there were two places that it was going to go. And it was either going to go up that Texas coast or it was going to go straight to New Orleans. And, you know, this is, it, it's rough to say, you know, I wish it would have came to me, but you always just count your blessings that, that you have so much in your life and that other people don't, you know, and I, I think that goes into what we wanted to talk a little bit about as a group, you know, with when we are the fortunate ones, not um, dealing with stuff like that, you know, it, even when we have family members that are, you know, dealing with um, dispersal, like they're moved all across the country. My family is in 
I think Northern Louisiana and Missouri is where all my cousins are now. And, you know, even then that's such a big undertaking. We had people on our Canal Street Chronicles staff displaced, of course, naturally. Mm -hmm. Um, And you see people stepping up and I think we just kind of wanted to highlight a couple of the like, not specifically, but some of the ideas as to what you can get involved with, even if you're not, you know, in the boats of the Cajun Navy going and repairing stuff. And Mm -hmm. um, if you have that extra time, that extra dollar, that extra thought and prayer, you know, or good vibes, good juju, whatever you want to send. We talked a little bit about that. Yeah. I mean, uh, of course we, this is about football. I mean, this is a football podcast, but we have to, of course, enlighten that this hurricane did destroy a lot of people's lives. And uh, we will be talking about the 53-man roster, but uh, it, it really sucks just not – of course, for me personally. I mean, I live in Oregon. Uh, no one here even probably knows about this, honestly. And it sucks because this it hurts us also personally. And uh, New Orleans loves its football team, but right now football is off to the side. And it just – it feels like I'm kind of helpless at times. Like I want to help all these people, but – how do I do it? Like, how do, how do I help these people out? So, uh, we, of course we talked about a little bit before how we can help these people. Um, Chris talked about a little bit earlier, even just a simple retweet of, uh, someone that needs help or, um, an address or whatnot, just a simple retweet can go as far as, um, any amount of money can go. So of course we have all these different outlets to donate. Um, one I want to spotlight is his name's Alan K underscore 81. And he's on Twitter. Uh, his cash app. He's got all the different things. You can uh, send him money and he's donating all that to help out our great city and all those people in need. So um, you guys want to take it away with uh, other ways that can help? Uh, no, I mean, I, I, I think Nate, Nate mentioned some things earlier, you know, and, and, and so did you, Brendan, Brendan, before our conversation or before we started recording here. Uh, you know, I mean, my best advice, I mean, there's so many different outlets that you can go. And I think, you know, whether you realize it or not, um, I, I do think that there is a such thing as like donation anxiety, right? Because you want to, you know, you want to go in so many different areas. You want to make sure your money's going in the right place. You want to make sure that, you know, uh, you're helping, um, you know, uh, the, the right folks immediately. Um, and it's just not always that, that simple. So, I mean, my best advice to kind of, you know, be comfortable with where you're going and just, you know, feeling as, um, I guess, uh, I don't know. I mean, happy, happy with, you know, what your efforts kind of brought, I would say, man, you know, stay on these social media sites. You're going to see people that are, you know, that are putting ways to help. You're going to see people that are, you know, that are putting, uh, you know, kind of detailed ways to help that go beyond just, you know, some of your national, um, your national websites, you know, uh, I, Cajun Navy, since, you know, every, since the storm hit the place and a lot of the bordering, bordering Southeastern, uh, Louisiana spots, Homa, so on and so forth, they've been really busy and they have a, they have, I think they put together a GoFundMe or it was another um, website that you could go through to donate strictly to them and what they've been helping with relief and um, just a bunch of different other other forms of, uh, you know, assistance during this time. So, you know, if you're online, you are going to run into something or someone that can help point you in the right direction. And whether whether you're donating a dollar or, you know, a thousand, man, I mean, trust me, you know, these things, uh, this money adds up and these donations, um, one way or another, you know, are going to help. And if you don't have the money, like Brendan mentioned, 
retweet, pass it over to somebody. If you live in another state, pass it over to some of your friends that live in other areas. Cause like, you know, was mentioned, I mean, I, I live in Chicago. I walk into work on Mondays, people that, you know, they know about a hurricane, but they don't, they're not going to, of course, feel it in the same way that I do. They don't have family displaced down there. They don't have people that had to evacuate. It's just different in a place that doesn't have to worry about these type of, uh, you know, catastrophic events. So, um, you know, do your part one way or another, however you can. Don't stress yourself out and, you know, let's help the city get back, the state get back. And as we know, once again, it will. Yeah, I think sometimes it comes down to, you know, just like what we were saying, just stay connected, you know, like social media. If you're not, if you're listening to this podcast, there's a pretty good chance that you're connected with people, you know, in, from, or somehow pertaining or related to New Orleans, you know, um, and even some people, you know, trace their New Orleans, like adoption, basically back to Hurricane Katrina. And, you know, if even their Saints fandom comes from um, the direct, you know, the spirit of the city that was shown the resolve after that. Um, and, you know, just stay connected, check on the people that, you know, that's the big thing, you know, this doesn't just have a physical damage, you know, the mental health aspect can't be spoken for, you know, and, um, you see a picture that pulls at your heartstrings, you don't have the money to donate, you don't, you know, whatever from poor college kid to poor adult to, you know, just somebody watching their budget right now go check on somebody, ask somebody how they're doing. Uh, good vibes carry around and good vibes go around the world. So you can't ask for much more than that. Yeah. August 29th is just, it's a hard day in Louisiana history and it repeats again. And it, it feels like PTSD, but uh, we're, we're here to talk about saints football and even our saints are affected by this uh, catastrophic event. And it, it it's, it's, it's going to be a good comeback story. I mean, it, it always is. Of course, we remember the 2009 season where they won the Super Bowl, of course, but uh, you got to go back to their roots, 2006. I mean, that was a, a tough year, and they had years where they had to be displaced for multiple games, for a season, for all these different reasons. And it's just going to be another one of those um, stories where the Saints are going to be marching back in, and we, we hope that this story ends really well. And um, that kind of leads us off to – what's going to happen with our saints going forward. So uh, I, I know a lot of people, they get their enjoyment of the day talking about saints football and it's just a good escape. So let's do that. Let's talk about saints football. Um, and they're back They're They're going to be back uh, week one. This game will still go on. They're going to be in Jacksonville playing the Jacksonville in, in the Jacksonville Jaguar stadium in the TII TIAA bank field. Um, staying in that same time slot, 325. And this was a roller coaster to get them on this field. I mean, it was almost a done deal with Dallas to play in the AT&T Stadium. And it's like, wait, wait hold on. We, there's a concert that weekend. We can't go there. Uh, Green Bay said, you guys can come here. And we're just like, no, screw you. We're not going there. And it's like, okay, where are they practice for the next three to four weeks? And um, it looks like they'll be seeing a TCU. At, uh, it's, it's kind of ironic that Sean Payton's son, Connor, is at TCU, and he'll just have a nice little vacation to hang out with his son for a few weeks at TCU. The Saints will be practicing at TCU um, on their football field and their facilities. So shout out to them for having us. And I mean, it's been a roller coaster, but uh, we're, we're almost done with this. And of course, the Saints have uh, away games week two and three. So we won't have to worry about those, but they'll still be at TCU during those times. Uh, in Texas and then week four maybe cross our fingers hopefully the city's back on its feet by then 
they play with the New York Giants, and if not, then week five against the Bucks. Um, yeah, man, I, it's very um, interesting how this how this whole ordeal played out. I know most people were thinking that if they they would they would end up playing a game in in Texas, so you know you were thinking either Houston or Dallas, and Dallas made the most sense, of course, with them with them practicing there for a short period of time, but unfortunately it didn't work out. Jacksonville is is uh, interesting. I mean, it's about a what about a six seven hour drive if you're uh, you know in the, the uh, New Orleans area. Um, I don't know, you know, for those that have evacuated, if that's something that that would necessarily be on their mind as of right now. Something that, that they could, you know, could afford to make happen. But um, I don't know how it's going to work in regards to fan base, and I don't know how many Saints fans live in Jacksonville. But yeah, I mean, just having a um, you know, a detour or a place to play early on for the team, for them to be able to prepare. I, you know, I definitely think it's, um, it's a, it's one step in a decent direction, even if it's not at a place in which most people would have expected or wanted. Um, I'm just happy at the end of, at the end of the day that they have, um, you know, a place to make this happen at. And if it, whether it's Jacksonville, I mean, hopefully it's just for, you know, this one week, and then, like you mentioned, hope I would hope after week two or three, they have an opportunity to be playing week four back at home. Jeff Duncan has a really interesting story out right now about how they went through the process of picking Jacksonville as a place to play. And this is mm-hmm. typical New Orleans Saints, like, I don't want to say BSery, but like, like it is the New Orleans Saints selectively and strategically picking their location. Obviously, you know, a huge middle finger to the Packers for one, to the GM, Brian Gutenkiss, for his words earlier and how he addressed that situation, I think is due. And respectfully, uh, even my family that from Illinois are Packers fans, and they literally could not believe the words that came out of that man's mouth during his press conference. And I think respectfully, uh, it makes a lot of sense, but so basically, you know, is I think Jeff Duncan even put it this way. He said, Saints aren't going to, you know, Orlando, to Miami. They're not going there for a fancy wedding or a vacation or a fancy trip. They're going there to play what uh, probably projected to be the number one NFC team, I would say, especially definitely the NFC North, uh, but my probably NFC first seed this season. You know, in the first game of the year, they're not going there for fun. They're going there for business. And the unappealing nature of Jacksonville was a huge reason they picked Jacksonville. It's a random city. It's not heavily traveled to, and it's available. It's very available. And uh, the owner, Shad Khan, actually is from, uh, he's a University of Illinois graduate, which is how I know so much about him, uh, because one of my friend's dads actually worked for him. But um, he's a very nice guy, very, very eager to, you know, to help and to get the saints in uh, and allow them to play there. So a big shout out to him and that organization for making this work. Um, And, you know, I think the saints did what's best for them. It's not that far away. So if you have the people that are, you know, on their feet, you know, they're not hit as hard or, you know, even just saints fans living that decided to retire a couple States over, you know, they can make it out. Um, And I don't think you're going to have too many, uh, Packers fans flying there on a short week notice either just to come down and see games. So it's interesting. The choice is definitely unique. I know there's a lot of backlash among Saints Twitter about it being Jacksonville of all places and of all Florida cities, but there's a point. There's a point to it. The thing I'll add about that Jeff Duncan article is he mentioned that 
Aaron Rodgers, for some reason, has had horrible success in the state of Florida. We don't know why. He has a losing record, uh, more interceptions and touchdowns, just just rough for him in Florida. So I had absolutely no correlation for them going there. But just just more of a reason to come in and try and beat this football team. And, and like you said, they're going to be a very, very good football team. It's going to be a tough game for them, especially with the circumstances they're in. I mean, uh, just just think about them and their families, what they're going through right now, being in a hotel um, just trying to find a stable place for them and their family. It's going to be tough, but geez, like you said, the, the Packers GM, the stuff he said on Twitter, it just had me so heated uh, earlier today. And I, I took the Twitter a little bit and I held off a little bit, but he basically said, uh, I had no say in this. Uh, if I would have had a say, it would have been in Green Bay. And just just a slap in the face in the Orleans, honestly, and just more of a reason we want to beat these guys and more of a reason that Aaron Rodgers does not want to be there. So at least our quarterback wants to be here. But let's talk about the team that will be on the field in Jacksonville for week one. And before I go over this, we need to mention this is changing every other minute. And I mean, as of the moment we're recording, this is the 53-man roster. This will change. Uh, it 100% will because they don't have a kicker on the roster right now. So this all will change. But let's start at the top. Let's talk about the quarterback room. Uh, not a lot to talk about. Of course, Jameis Winston, Taysom Hill, Ian Book, those are the three that made it. Uh, the Saints did cut Trevor Simeon, but it's reported that he will be back at some point. So um, it confused some people to, to why the Saints kept no fullbacks and why they cut Trevor Simeon. Um, the thinking there was IR as of yesterday. If you place them on IR August 31st, they would be on season-ending IR. So that would end their season. So the Saints actually had to wait a day to put some of these people on IR. So a guy like Will Lutz can be placed on IR now, and he can fill his shoes. Um, that transaction hasn't gone through yet. But, yeah, the quarterbacks are in place, the running backs. Uh, all we thought, Alvin Kamara, Latavius Murray, Tony Jones Jr., Dwayne Washington. Uh, let's start with th those two groups. Nothing really surprising, but what did you guys see with those two groups? I, I mean, look, I, I'm so – I look at this list and nothing jumps out as really being surprising. I mean, it, it, considering they, they didn't have a, uh, you know, a game three as was supposed to happen. I mean, if you'd have asked me to name a good majority of these guys, this is probably what I would have came or come up with. Um, I think maybe it's a surprise that they kept four running backs, but you know, when you consider that uh, it's expected that Tony Jones Jr. will have, will, you know, will, pretty much be, you know, a, a backup and, and get uh, a decent amount of, of, of snaps when we behind or behind Alvin Kamara. I think um, in comparison to what we've been used to the past couple of years with Latavius Murray, him may be taking more of a, uh, of a reduced role. Uh, Dwayne Washington is, is uh, while I've been able to watch some of the things that he can do as a, as a runner, uh, his main contributions, I assume, are going to be on the special teams side of things, in which he's flashed, and this team is going to going to need uh, after not having uh, some of the past standouts that they've had. I know JT Gray's back, but you know, over the past few years, you know, you've lost, you know, now Justin Hardy, and before that, it was Chris Banjo. So I assume that's where Dwayne fits in. And then wide receiver, I mean, no, again, no surprises. I mean, they they got a guy like uh, a little Jordan Humphrey who played well in the preseason. He made the team. We knew Deontay was going to make it. We knew Traquan was going to make it. We knew Callaway was going to be on the team. Uh, and but then you have Ty Montgomery, who's um, I mean played 
really, really well. I mean, he's played so many different roles over the past, what, I think three, four years between circulating back, between running back and receiver. And, you know, it's, it's good. Now that he's back at wide receiver, he made a lot of, a lot of good plays. Um, you know, whether it was zone coverage and man coverage, he looks, he looks explosive coming out of his cuts. You know, he got, he got in the air and caught some passes that, you know, I had to ask myself who, who exactly was that? Cause I wouldn't have, if you told me Tom Montgomery, I wouldn't have believed it. Um, you know, I, I think that when you consider where they're at right now at the wide receiving position, still with some, with some question marks until Michael Thomas come back, what comes back, you're going to need uh, a guy like Ty, uh, maybe in some stretches that as a veteran presence can help the team and someone that Sean can trust in there to make the right decisions, the right reads and help Jameis out uh, before 13 comes back. So not, not a lot of surprises. I'm very, I'm curious to see what that final depth chart is going to look like. And some of the, you know, some of the changes that they could make in those positions that we're talking about. We know that they're going to add a fullback, you know, once you mentioned, I mean, you mentioned Brendan already in regards to some IR moves, but um, yeah, I mean, it's, it was, it wasn't a, wasn't a very hectic cut day for the first time in a while. I can remember. Yeah, I think that's spot on, you know, uh, as far as lack of surprise, this is probably one of the most, uh, most full of lack of surprise. That was horribly phrased, but you know, cuts days that we've had in a while. Um, the, the very small surprise in the running back category. Uh, and I mean, I guess you could call Tony Jones Jr. a surprise from the beginning of preseason potentially, but I mean, we all knew he was going to be there at this point. If you let that guy go, that's that's just a mistake waiting to happen, especially with how the league, you know, how running backs get injured and how you have to rotate in. And uh, especially with the Saints, assumedly relying on Alvin Kamara, as a pass catcher while Michael Thomas is out, especially I would imagine he'll line up, uh, you know, in some creative ways, just knowing Sean Payton, but um, yeah, not a lot of surprise in the quarterback. I'm excited to see Ian book hang around the roster. Uh, it, it, pretty good preseason, you know, especially for first preseason, it'll be interesting to see how he develops going forward. Um, I think we touched on it last time. I think he'll be the QB two for this team. Uh, just by virtue of Taysom Hill, you know, Sean Payton said he knows exactly how Taysom Hill can contribute to this team uh, this week. He said that. So uh, I think it's pretty cut and paste for those two positions. Yeah. I'm glad that you said that Kamara is pretty much far receiver too. And, and, and he is, I mean, he won't be on paper, but uh, at the end of the season, you look at the stats, he'll get the majority of those catches and, and, oh, and of those receptions. Uh, we're going, looking at this wide receiver room, the waiver claim for the wide receivers yesterday, there were some some pretty good names. And I won't lie, I was a little bit frustrated the Saints didn't put any waivers in for them. But you, you, you go back and look at the names on the roster, they don't really need one. I mean, there wouldn't be a lot of room for some more catches. If Traquan Smith's healthy, that's awesome. If, if he's bugging still, if he's going to miss a few weeks, then maybe you look at a guy to bring in. But uh, Traquan expected to make that leap. And uh, other guys expected to make a leap is Adam Troutman. He'll get a lot of balls. Uh, Juwan Johnson's been a standout guy. Uh, Nick Van as well. Uh, Garrett Griffin made the active roster. So there's tons of bodies to feed. It n- not necessarily needed anyone. Uh, of course, losing Michael Thomas hurts a ton. A uh, guy I'll mention is that they cut Chris Hogan, but they're expected to bring him back, they hope. Um, it's going to be another one of those IR moves where they can create the roster spot and then bring him back. They at least have confidence that another team won't pick him up as of now. So 
that's another guy they have there as well. So maybe not multiple alpha dogs, but they definitely have a ton of mouse to feed and that'll be good. And uh, honestly, the most important thing is the offensive line. And let's talk about that right now. Of course, they kept their five starters, Teron, Ryan, Eric, Andreas, and Caesar. Those are the main guys. Um, keeping James Hurst as well from last year. He was a solid swing tackle. Uh, Will Clapp is taking that next st- uh, the next step, the LSU dog. Uh, he's sticking around. Uh, the Saints six-round draft pick, Landon Young. He made the roster. Good to see that. And undrafted free agent from last year from Oregon, Calvin Throckmorton. He made the roster. Really good to see that. Um, I was a big fan of him when he came out. So all good things there on that side of the ball. But the only, like you guys said, it wasn't really an eventful day. But the only surprising thing for me personally was the fullback. Uh, they finished the day yesterday without a fullback on the roster. And I thought that was a little bit weird. Uh, I thought Alex Arman had the job locked up, but I guess not. Um, they claimed fullback Adam Prentice from the Broncos. Um, didn't really get in much time with there. He spent camp with them, and that was about it. I mean, this, that's all the Saints needed to see. And what this tells me is the competition is still going on because they brought back Alex Arma. They sent out an offer to Sutton Smith. He hasn't accepted it yet, uh, so we don't know about him. But I think this fullback battle is still going on. I mean, at the end of the day, may the best way and win. I didn't see anything bad from Alex Arma, but I didn't go to camp, so can't really say much about that. So um, that competition will, will, will continue to go on. But this offense, I mean, we all could have, if we wrote down – um, the names two months ago, I think we all would have got 90 plus percent correct on this roster and maybe a little bit confusion right now, but uh, the offense pretty much set. So let's switch over and talk about this defense. Um, the DNs, Cam Jordan, Marcus Davenport, Peyton Turnell, Carl Granderson, and Antonio Passigno. Tell me that's not a stacked DN room. I mean, it's as deep as you're going to, as you're going to find throughout the league. Um, I mean, the Saints have done a really good job over the past few years at rotating their defensive ends, um, keeping guys fresh and throwing in, you know, a third or fourth guy, fifth guy if needed, you know, to come in and make some plays. It's just now, you know, that fourth, that, you know, that third, fourth, fifth guy, they're, they're all talented. You know, they're all super talented, right? Um, you know, we've, we've, we've seen Granderson come on and we've seen the work that he's put in. And a lot of people have have high expectations on what he can do, um, you know, with the snaps that are given to him as he did last year. You know, we'll see if, if he is the next uh, Trey Hendrickson or Alex Okafor, you know, you know, one of those type type of guys. I mean, he definitely has the explosiveness for it. But outside of him, you know, we didn't need, we didn't get a chance in the preseason due to injury to see Peyton Turner. But you know, you know that that's going to work. Passanio, um, you know, is a guy who can play. You know, I think. While he is listed as a defensive end, he can slide in inside. You know, you know, we when you need him to at a, you know, in some sub packages as a defensive tackle. I just think you know, man, the overall flexibility that they have there, it it, it was needed. You know, I mean, for sure, when you consider uh, some of the guys that 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 ended up leaving, and then you know, you get oh, your modest suspension, but you know, when you look at what you can do with a with a Cam Jordan, and you know, you know, we'll see uh what happens with with Turner but you know what you can do with Davenport I mean they they have a lot of flexibility on that line and 
even if they're going to miss, you know, an absolute stud and David Onyemata for a few weeks, they've done so well with um, developing, drafting, building depth in that area. Uh, that defensive line is going to be okay. I mean, it's good to see Shot Tuttle, you know, uh, you know, make make the team as well. You know, we saw Christian Ringo make some plays. Uh, very excited to see how that works. Malcolm Roach uh, is a guy that they that they've said good things about. Uh, I'm drawing a blank on a dude that 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 definitely would have made this team if he doesn't get if he doesn't get injured. Um, I think that that that's the only thing I was I was made. Jan Dalton. Uh, yeah, 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 Dalton. He had a sack, I think, in that last game against Jacksonville. Then he ended up getting hurt. And, of course, that's uh, that's the end of that dream. But, you know, it's just – it's wonderful to see – to just think about what this defense can can do. And even more so, once you're at Oyamata, I mean, you know, Nick Underhill spoke about how he spent a lot of time in the preseason or, or a lot more in those early games – playing on the outside well I mean just the the overall uh your ability to to, to bring unique and 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 disguisable packages you know defensively with some of the pieces that you have man it's just you know it's really really appetizing to think about and you know I'm excited to know that they uh, for the most part got these names right and we'll see if they add anyone else if anyone surprising jumps out on the, the wave wire that they want to add on the inside but um I mean, I think they 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 nailed everything, and it's a very exciting group. I think there's a couple positions that in the NFL are the hardest to maintain and, you know, just discover and find depth at in the first place. And one of them is on that defensive line. It's really hard to get two competent edges coming off the same jump on the same line uh, and to have solid tackles in between them. You know, teams do it by trading all their first-round picks. Teams do it by spending all their money on their line. Uh, and we see time and time again, that strategy takes a toll in one way or another. What you really want is if one guy goes down, you want somebody there to step up and you want somebody on equal or, you know, just about under footing. The second position that I think on defense, that's the case is that linebacker. And I really think this is the deepest saints linebacker core we have seen. Who knows? Long how time. Long? Yeah. It literally, long since I've been alive, that's for, I mean, you know, it's one of those situations we are not, we're, we're getting spoiled right now. You know, I think uh, it's just, it's weird and I love it to death. So I'm very excited to see those two uh, position groups go at it. You know, secondary uh, is a little different right now. Of course, we got Marshawn, you know, anytime the Saints have at least one corner that you feel comfortable with, I take it as a blessing because we've seen so many years full of horrible corner play. Uh, but you know, there's a chance for depth too there. And, and it really speaks to Mickey, Sean, you know, the entire staff and the work that they've done. Yeah. The linebacker room is seven people deep and the cornerback room is, uh, as of right now, it's three deep. So, I mean, that's just hats off to Chase Hansen and Andrew Dowell who are at the end of that linebacker depth chart. Uh, I think they felt as if they, if, if they waived them, I don't know if they would have gotten them back. Um, they've done great stuff in the preseason, uh, Caden Ellis as well. So they're really deep in that linebacker room. Of course, that cornerback room is is pretty thin. Uh, a guy that added today I want to add is Montrevious Adams. He was from New England. He's a defensive tackle. Yeah. So that's another body in that room as well. Uh, so the three corners they have is Marshawn, Ken Crawley, and Paulson Adebo. So if you're confident in Ken or Paulson, great. 
I mean, go with it. I know Ken's a little banged up right now. So if we have to see Pulse and Adiba week one against Aaron Rodgers, go out and ball, kid. I mean, I'm on your side. And if if he hold if he holds his own, great. I mean, that's that's good stuff for Paulson. Uh the safety room is is pretty deep as well. Marcus Williams, Malcolm Jenkins. We got CJ Gardner, PJ Williams, JT, and uh Jeff Heath, a new guy. So um adding depth where they lost uh DJ Swearinger last year. So I mean, this mm. defense is going to really help carry this football team. And uh, they didn't lose a necessarily a ton from last year. But like you guys said, the depth at D end is going to help fulfill the losses they had at DT with all the flexibility and whatnot. Um, so let's talk about the fun part. Let's talk about special teams. Uh, you guys want to hear the kickers on the roster right now? You guys want to hear them? Yeah. You guys want to hear them again? Uh, we, got, <laughs> we, got, we got no one. We got no one. We literally have no one. Uh, Will Lutz is on IR, uh, and they cut Alec Rosas. So he he it was reported that he will be back later on, but we don't have a kicker right now. So and uh, the Saints are going to enjoy this week pra- this week of practice with no PATs, um, is what I'm hearing. So uh, it, it it'll be a situation where they put someone else on IR and they bring Aldrick back, or they go off for the Baltimore kid that everyone's talking about, uh, Jake Variety. Uh, I don't think I say say his last name, but. Um, really, really talented kid, and that's where we got Will Lutz was from Baltimore, and uh, Baltimore had to do – they couldn't get rid of him because they have the best kicker in the NFL, so uh, right. it could be the same situation there. And, of course, Blake Gillikin won that kicking – or that punting job, and Whew, we got Zach Woods job. snapping the ball. Um, I mean, look, uh, one of the things I wanted to I wanted to mention in regards to the cornerback position, I actually – you know, I would say that they have four cornerbacks in a – you know, in one way or another – just because we know how much time uh, CJ is going to spend in the slot, right? Mm-hmm. So you know that kind of that kind of um, helps you out a little bit there from that perspective. You know, Paulson's going to play on the outside along with Marshawn. Um, and I mean, look, I, I I think at some point I don't and I don't know when it's going to happen. I can see them making a move for you know another cornerback, someone that they that they like on tape, someone they win against, or. Um, whether they call someone up or they, they end up trading for someone or, you know, a surprising corner hits the waiver wire. And I mean, around this time, man, good, good cornerbacks aren't, aren't being cut, right. It's just not, it's not going to happen, but if they find someone that they like, I could see them making, you know, maybe that's what Jeff, Jeff, he is ends up, you know, getting his papers as they're so deep at safety right now, you know, JT Gray's going to be a, um, you know, going to be a special team standout. And then, you know, push comes to shove. There's always the old reliable P.J. Williams playing some time back at cornerback. So, I mean, they they have flexibility there. Um, you know, thank God that, that they weren't. It just wasn't a whole bunch of eyesores, you know, in the couple games that we watched from the outside, from whether we Paulson or just really anybody in the secondary. It just didn't seem like those guys, uh, everybody seemed to belong and they played together as a group as this defense has been doing for the past couple of years. So, um I am very curious in the next, you know, by the time Green Bay kicks off, uh, how they end up uh, continuing to add to this team and what additional moves that they make. Yeah, no, that's spot on. It'll be very interesting to see, I think, certain positions. Um, I think there will be a big shift throughout the year. You know, I think there always naturally is. But I think for the first time, I'm comfortable at most positions, knock on wood, (laughs) with this Saints team and the rotation that they like to do. You know, if somebody goes down, I think, uh, God forbid, at a lot of positions, there is a serviceable 
too good replacements for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which wasn't supposed to happen, right? No. <laughs> nope. They said we couldn't do it. We have they no money. We couldn't, do it. we couldn't afford it. <laughs> the last thing I'll say is uh, the route of this podcast. Let's, let's list off our beautiful practice squad members that uh, will be on the sideline. Of course, we got Alex Arma, uh, Quan Baker, their seventh round draft pick. Glad to see him stick, stick around. Um, Caleb Beckman, tackle. Josiah Bronson, DT, Albert Huggins, DT, Wyatt McManus, linebacker, Brian Mills, DB, uh, Kvar Russell, DB. Uh, two names I'm really happy they got back. Kevin White, Aesop e- Winston Jr., both wide receivers. Love to see those guys back. And Ethan Wolf. And that's their practice squad for right now. They have 11 of 16 spots taken. So uh, good stuff there. That's your 2021 Saints roster as of September 1st at 4:50 or 6:54 p.m. So uh, don't come at us if it's wrong, but uh, that's your roster. We'll be keeping guys posted. We'll get a pregame episode with Green Bay um, next week. We hope you guys enjoy today's episode and uh, keep looking out on social media and do everything you can to help this great city, of New Orleans. Correct. Who that? I beat you too. Who that? Who that? Let's go! We on a